Hey everybody and welcome back to Dr. Gong's Drumcast. Today our special guest is none other than Steel Panther drummer Stick Sardinia. And you know what? We had a great talk. It was fun. It was funny. Also surprisingly serious sometimes, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but he reveals some information that really has not been revealed before. Uh, he lets us know, I think he kind of slips out a little bit of a secret there. Uh, I'm going to take the chance and let that, and publish that. So, um, yeah, you'll just have to hear about it. They will be performing uh, on August 16th, a live broadcast that you can uh, buy tickets to. I think they said it's going to be like 2 o'clock U.S. time, when that makes it 11 2300 hours 11 o'clock nighttime in europe um and what the other time zones are i don't know you'll have to figure that one out but august 16th steel panther will be performing live on a broadcast and you can go to steelpantherrocks.com and check that out uh i highly recommend this episode uh it's like i said it's fun it's funny we get into some uh, I wouldn't say deep shit, but some good shit, and uh, we're just having a great time. Sticks it in is a fantastic guy, funny as the whole band is, and an amazing drummer. So, uh, and and a very very talented musician in general. So, if you even if you don't know Steel Panther, or don't like them, whatever, I think you're gonna enjoy this. So here's uh, Sticks it in on Doctor Gong's Drumcast. <laughs> Sidenia, welcome to Dr. Gong's Drumcast. Danny, it's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here, dude. So dude, what's how, up? Let me ask you this before I tell you what's up. Okay. Uh, how long have we known each other now? Uh, probably goes back to, I think, 2011. I think Nine around... Nine years, bro. Yeah. Nine years. Nine years, Yeah. I contacted you guys through Carlings, and I, I used to go see you guys when you were, I think you were still metal school. Right. Um, and you were playing in Hollywood, but that was like back in 2005 when I was living over there. Uh -huh. But then we did uh, an event with Carlings uh, at the House of Blues. Tommy Lee was DJing, and you guys <laughs> were playing. Amazing. That was real. That was one of that was one of my best nights ever because I I took some friends and we met you, when met you guys backstage, and, and I hadn't I don't think I'd met you guys before, but the shtick was on. You guys were just you, you were the uh, the most foul mouthed people I'd ever met, and we were just cracking up, and it was hilarious. 
You're welcome. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how's life, dude? It, dude, it's good. You know, I mean, obviously, let's just let's just get this out on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that having to do with this pandemic and rock and roll sucks a big bag of fucking dicks. <laughs> yes, uh, it does. I uh, it's it like it could not be more uh, shitty for bands. I mean, the one thing that we all rely on is people getting together and yeah. rock yeah. and rock and getting all sweaty and hot and breathing on each other and spit and you know all this stuff. And that's the shit that we can't do anymore. Yeah. Um, so, with that said, that's horrible mm. because we're, we're we can't go do what we were all kind of born to do. Um, but other than that, um, I'm healthy. You know, my band is healthy. We're Good. Being, being very productive during this off time, writing new music for a Great. new record. We're going to be doing our next, our new, our second live stream, August 16th. It's called Rock Down in the Lockdown. <laughs> Excellent. Of course it's called uh, that. <laughs> it, it's, it's, so I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I, uh, I don't know when this podcast airs, but. So, as soon as possible. Okay. The intro for the, for the, for Rockdown in the Lockdown is going to be nothing short of the best intro of any live stream you'll ever see. So, I guarantee. So let's get the date. It's August 16th. August 16th at 2 p.m. LA. 2 p.m. LA time. Okay. So that's going to be so, like. Uh, in Germany, it's like. Uh, it's 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock Germany. Yeah. 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 Well, great. I'm yeah. I'm putting that in my calendar, and I I really recommend everybody else to do that. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be fun. You know, this one we're gonna be doing. So we 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 pre-taped an intro that I cannot wait for you guys to see, and then <laughs> then we we also filmed some some sketches that we're going to air. So it basically it's gonna be like a reverse Saturday Night Live, where Saturday Night Live would be sketches interrupted by some music. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna be music interrupted by some sketches. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, you know, if it goes off the way that we all see it in our heads, it's going to be a fucking great time. I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. And I guess you guys must be really looking forward to getting out there and playing in front of real audiences, but we don't know when that's even going to happen, do we? No, we don't. And, and, uh, you know, if if I'm being totally honest with you, I don't see it happening before 21 unless there's a vaccine towards the end of this year, but... And I know everybody's working on one, and I keep reading these little, you know. Look, I, I, we all get the same information, right? Yeah, yeah. But, well, but I keep, <laughs> I keep seeing. Well, I keep you seeing. You guys little, get a lot of more. Some, some of you guys over there get a lot of more Trump's uh, information, what he wants to tell you, and yeah, and from I here, mean, that's uh, that's a little bit more. Uh, what you say? We, 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 we can see both both sides, I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, no, we're not getting into politics. That's not what this show is about. But I just it, had to throw it out there. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I guess. I guess my my point is, we all have access to the same information. Whatever we believe is on us. Yeah, oh, yeah, and that's true. That's true. So, like, I keep seeing little little hopeful snippets of, "Ooh, this vaccine, you know, passed this test, and this vaccine." I am hopeful that one comes towards the end of this year or the beginning of next year, so we can all just get back to fucking business and rocking. I'm just kind of waiting for Steel Panther to to come up with a vaccine, and it's it's a mixture of cocaine and pussy juices. That would be like the the COVID nineteen killer, wouldn't it? That would be, 
that would be great because I can I can make batches of that right now in my garage. <laughs> it's I called just, the SP twenty. SP SP nineteen killer, dude. That's great. You know, like if uh, I don't know, man. I we've ha- we've all had so many diseases. I don't know if we could even catch COVID nineteen. You guys are probably can't catch anything. I don't think you're like you're like Keith Not Richards. Anymore. You guys are like nuclear. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're like, we're so resistant to bacteria. We've, we've had everything several times. You know? <laughs> Maybe they should harvest our DNA. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I think we're, I think we're onto something here, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you said you've been working on a new material. That's great. Yeah, dude. You know, Satchel's been on a writing tear and he's writing these great songs and, uh, you know, uh, I wish I could even tell you the titles. They're so good. I don't want to t- say any because I don't that's, know what's going to be the record. And I think, you know, I think we might put out an EP before we put out another full length. We've done five full length records. Okay. And I think I want to do, I, you know, we're talking about doing an EP because we could do that quicker. Yeah. Um, and then we could put out another EP sooner instead of waiting so long between putting something out. We can do it in a shorter span of time. And I also feel like because of the way music is consumed these days, that there's a lot of songs on a 10 song record that just don't get attention, you know? Um, And if, if the budget for a, you know, sorry to get into the minutia of this, but if the budget for a full length record is 30 grand for videos, right. Mm. Which is not still not a lot. And let's just say you get a fucking deal and you can make a cool video for 15 G's. You're only making two videos out of 10. Mm. Right, which is twenty percent of your songs are going to get video attention. If you have the same budget for an EP, then you you know two out of five, two out of five songs, you know that's uh, that's thirty five percent. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's more music getting paid more attention to on a smaller amount with the same budget. So, so when do you think would could be a realistic date for for this EP? Um autumn or next year i feel like it's top of next year. i feel like it's first quarter next year if we're gonna do it okay um but we don't have anything scared we're, we're just we're still just we're writing we're writing our ass off yep. i'm actually gonna go out to vegas and write with satchel for a few days he lives in uh, vegas yeah he's in vegas and okay. we're, just gonna, we're just gonna go jam and fucking see what happens on top of the songs that he, he already has like eight or nine songs that are that are done and they're bitching demo done like yeah demo yeah. done great is there yeah, can no. you reveal a theme anything yet anything like that i mean not quite obviously uh, we, we kind of guess what the theme is sort of going to be like it's well like, i was going to say we're really going out on a limb on these songs and we're talking about pussy and we're talking about <laughs> heavy metal like you know it's it's funny because it's when pete we've been i've heard you know uh I've heard reviewers or critics uh, rip on us for for being, you know, one trick pony, quote unquote, mm. right? And that's cool, but like if you think about what are the topics that like a Taylor Swift writes about? How many how many different topics does she write about? Well, I have to admit I haven't gone through all her lyrics and I haven't reviewed her any of her albums, so I wouldn't know, but I'm guessing it's probably the same shit. One thing boys right they write about heartache and love and boys and oh sorry that's three things so if you look at adele for instance her big hits heartbreak right heartbreak and love that's her two shit two things now i'm not taking anything away from the talent of these these fine ladies but i'm saying that you know if you want to 
if, if you're going to come at a band and say, you don't write about enough subjects, <laughs> you name me fucking one band that writes about more than five subjects and I'll, I'll fucking lose my mind. <laughs> Good point, yeah. I guess. I like, thought about think, that. Think about it. The, you know, uh, you know, the Beatles, right? I mean, mm. the Beatles had a pretty wide palette. They had Tax Man. Mm. They had uh, I Am the Walrus. Um, they I, had. They maybe you can to, drive my car. <laughs> yeah, so they they were crazy with the topic. Yeah. But like, if you look at like Rage Against the Machine, kind of has one major theme that they follow. Follow, right? Pretty they're not political too, right? Oh yeah, they're yeah. super political. I mean, they're they're the best at what they do, without question. But they they don't write about a whole variation of things. They write about you know one or two things within that lane, and and you can you can take it to any band and go, okay, well, what do they write about? They write about partying and, and chicks. That's just our thing. Yeah, that's you, just you your thing. And, and if if Steel Panther started to write a fucking political song, people would be like, no thanks, Steel Panther. <laughs> we have Rage Against the Machine for that, and we don't want you to do that because we go to you for a certain thing. There you go. There you go. And speaking of which, I mean, I don't know. How involved are you uh, in the songwriting process? Is it Satchel that writes everything, or do you are you do you come out? Do you do, like help with arrangements, or what? What, what is your like? What is your role yeah. when you guys are making music? So generally, what happens is Satchel writes writes songs a lot you know and he then he brings them to us or he'll send them to me you know hey dude what do you think of this and and you know nine times out of ten it's it's fucking killer uh you know but that one time out of ten it's still good but maybe it just doesn't hit me you know the way the other stuff does but then we'll get in into the song and and a lot of times he'll come in with you know full arrangements and full and fully done songs um, and then we'll all four of us will sit with lyrics and like whatever the best line is that makes us laugh the most, or you know that's the line that gets that gets recorded. So you, you do lyrics lyrics collectively then? We do lyrics collectively at the end. So great. I'll I'll be with Satchel. Uh, what is that? Um, I'll be with Satchel uh, in the the second phase and. You know, we'll go through the songs and and we'll work the parts out. You know, and then at the end, if there when we record vocals, a lot of times all, all of us are present, and uh, you know, somebody will suggest something at the last minute, and if it's if it's a killer line, then it, it gets in. Because I remember talking to Satchel once about this, and I don't know if he was bullshitting me or not, because he seems like he's a pretty fast, he's pretty fast, uh, you know, snappy and. I felt that he just kind of like was was hearing what I was saying, repeating my words back to me. I'm not sure if that was the case. It made me think about it afterwards. But I was talking about a band called Ween. I don't know if you're familiar with he Ween. Ween. Yeah. Okay. So, so he, he wasn't bullshitting then. He was. He he's a fan of Ween. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, then then I got the answer for that. But the thing that that I I think that in, and it's it's the strangest comparison in a way uh, between you and Ween. But the thing is that. I think that sometimes you guys, in comparison with Ween, you write actually really fucking beautiful melodies and just have the real, like, most, like, nasty or fucked up lyrics over it. And yeah. it and it really, and I think that's a, I think you can do that. And if you're hiding behind the silly lyrics, you can actually go and make a really beautiful melody. And and in your in your guys' case, I think you really have. And there's two two examples, and, and it's... um. Uh, just like Tiger Woods, 
which is that that could be like Van Halen meets Def Leppard. That's just like mm-hmm. that's that song is just for me amazing. I remember hearing that song and it's like just my goosebumps. I got goosebumps like right away because I was like, wow, man. And then Bukaki Tears, which is the nastiest. It must be the nastiest lyrics you have. It well, it, you know, it's funny. It it may be some of the nastiest lyrics, but there were lyrics that got changed in 17 girls when we recorded it. And I'll tell you that about that in a second. Um, but Bukaki tears is, it's a, it's a elegantly written, beautiful song. It really is like melodically. Like I, I <laughs> the harmonies like, and the vocal harmonies and stuff is just fucking like, wow. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, it, you know, it's so funny because when people, you know, they judge, and I'm guilty of it too. They judge, we judge books by their covers, right? We look at a band, we go, "Oh, I know what that is." Yeah. And when you don't give things a chance, and you know, uh, and you don't dive into a, a band's catalog, which you know, that, which takes a lot of effort, and I, I understand that I don't dive into every band's catalog myself. But when you get to a, a Bukaki Tears or Burden of Being Wonderful, even yeah, yeah, um, that's also a beautiful song. You hear these beautiful melodies and guitar parts and harmonies and you go wait a minute uh, even though they're saying the words that they're saying it's not taking away from the it, it's distracting because they're shocking but when you if you if you lift the hood back a little bit and get into the song they're fucking like really good songs and, I know, and, that, I know. <laughs> that, and i and i and not to sound douchey about our own songs but you know that's i think that's what has enabled us to have a fucking career this long yeah. is is that the songs are you want to hear them again you know and you you'll hum them you know yeah, people yeah. will you know people will be will sing them uh because they're hooky and that's the whole for us it's all it comes down to the song yeah and that's that's at the very core of everything we do is the music yeah. you know everything else everything else is is what it is and we've been able to you know branch out and, and become this band and this brand and that's what we are but it it all comes down to music because if you don't have the songs nobody's gonna give a fuck and yeah right right yeah you can have the great funny lyrics but if it's not it's not a song there yeah it's like you said but i mean let's let's get i mean let's talk about this is a drum podcast so let's get into a little bit of the drum stuff i like talking about music in general yeah but but um did you grow up in southern california born and raised born and raised whereabouts I was born at Cedars Sinai Hospital in LA. Okay, uh, that's right a famous hospital. Hills. Yeah, right in Beverly Hills, and I grew up in in LA near the airport till about third grade. Then I came out to a place called Thousand Oaks. Yeah, and I grew up there. Um, so it was you know thirty minutes into LA and Hollywood, and uh, then I could go back to Normalville, and it was. <laughs> It was great, man. And what what so, year? Yeah, so, what year are you? you know, I I've been Southern Cali dude my entire life. And uh... Dr. Gongi Dren Kes when uh, when did you like discover music and when did you start, you know, new, when did you know you were going to start playing drums? So, interestingly enough, there's a I have a picture on my phone uh, of me in diapers at the piano. Oh, and great. I, and as long as I can remember, I remember uh, reaching up and hitting the keys and, and hearing music and going and just connecting with it, you know, loving certain songs. Um, and really, like I used to listen to AM radio, my dad's records, just 
I was fascinated by how music moved me. Yeah. Um, I was in third grade or year three, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> I went over a friend of mine's house. His name was Brent Christensen. He had a drum set in his room. It was red, and I hit the drums and I went, "Oh, okay, that's All right. That that's that's the stuff." So I went home. I told my dad I wanted to play drums, and pops pops it in you. He said, <laughs> uh, he said, I, he goes, no, you don't. And I said, yes, I do. He said, okay, we'll get you drum lessons and get you a practice pad for three months. And I'm never going to tell you to practice. But if we talk to your teacher three months after, you know, after three months, he says, you're improving. We'll talk about a drum set. I said, cool, killer, done. And needless to say, I practiced my ass off and I was into it and I ended up getting a, a crown drum set, a used crown drum set for a hundred dollars. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I, time went on, I got some, you know, decent kits and then I got a Gretsch kit and, uh, and then I eventually started playing in, in cover bands for a living and got hooked up through a buddy of mine with DW. I mean, I don't even know, 20 years ago or something. And they took me on. When I was just doing cover, oh no, not in 20 years ago. No, probably. Jesus. Hold on. Probably 25 years ago. Wow. And yeah. so, so, but what, I mean, you discovered music by, by standing by the piano and you discovered the, the, the sound and the, and the, and in the, but you know, frequencies yeah. and stuff. But, but what bands was it that were, what music got you into, you know, the reason you wanted to start playing and cover bands and recently how did you like discover music what was your entry well my 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 true entry uh into 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 rock which is really what i grew up on and loved um was uh i was probably in fourth grade and all the kids in the neighborhood were listening to led zeppelin tapes led zeppelin black sabbath acdc um and so that they, that was being played in my neighborhood, right? Yeah. And I can remember going out and buying the the Back in Black uh, forty five, mm-hmm. going out riding my bike to the music store and riding home with a forty five with uh, "You Should Be All Night Long" was on the back side of it, and it yeah. was like, so you know, that was really my entrance into rock. But then something interesting happened. Uh, I I on MTV, I saw U two Sunday Bloody Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the music, that that hit me, that song. And my friends were like, dude, that ain't cool. That's new wave. That's so you're you're a new waver or you're a heavy metaler back in the day, right? And I did and I I all I knew was I liked it. And so I would play A C D C, I would play Zeppelin, I would play Black Sabbath, and then I would bust into U two and my friends would look at me like I was insane. But, you know, it wasn't a bad call on my part. I mean, look at their career. Music to me, I was all about, you know, rock. But if it was a good song, you know, it's a good song. You can't, you can't deny it. I saw them at a festival here in Norway and they were, they were supporting Joe Cocker. They still haven't, hadn't really become that big. My, my last guest on this podcast was actually Billy Sheehan. 
Yeah. And I had Billy Sheen because I saw him at a clinic and he was just talking just so nicely about drummers. I thought, he's welcome on a drum podcast. And he said that you two supported Talus. Whoa. <laughs> well, on their, probably on their first U.S. tour when they're just driving in a van and stuff. That is crazy, right? <laughs> so when they came back to New York, he's from Buffalo, I guess, right? Yeah. So when they played Buffalo, like probably some huge stadium, they said that, and people were like, "What? No way!" But yeah, yeah they, that's I know that's pretty, pretty incredible. <laughs> that is nuts, man. I you know I, so from for me from an early age, uh, music like I feel like I was born a musician. I feel like you're either born with it or you're not, and it's for me it's not a choice to be a musician. It's just like in me. So how much how much piano do you still play? Do you still play a lot of piano? I play a lot of piano. Great. Actually, I play I play more piano than I do drums when I'm off the road because I don't want to kill my neighbors when when my new studio gets finished being constructed, I'll be able to play my drums in there, but I play, you know, I play a lot of uh a lot of piano cuz I write with piano and I write with guitar. So, you know, I I'm playing like daily. And do you do other musical projects outside of Steel Panther? I you know, I write I, I write for myself. Sometimes I, I do co-writes with, with bands, with younger bands. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I try to stay busy with that and I, because it, it keeps me sharp, you know, yeah. musically. It, it's, it keeps me not stale. And and so so if you're not listening to like hard rock or metal or which maybe you don't do so much today I don't know but what what's what's your like what's your music you kind of like you know relax to or that's maybe music that people wouldn't think that you would listen to you know uh, it's funny I I go on Spotify even though I'm a, a musical artist I still have Spotify <laughs> well you have to it's convenient it's very convenient so I go on there and I type you know it depends on what I'm doing if it's if it's, uh, you know, if I'm working out, I listen to Carnival. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you know who they are. They're from yeah. Australia. They're yeah, I think fucking, it, yeah. Fucking badass. If I'm working out, I listen to Big Wreck, which is a Canadian band, or Thornley, which is a Canadian band. If I'm golfing and I'm in a chill mood, I'll put on piano jazz. And I'll, because I, I walk the golf course, and I'll walk, and I'll, it's just, this, it's like this nice vibe, you know, it's not angry, so it, it keeps me relaxed over the ball for my shot. And so piano jazz is like, I, I know it sounds so not cool. I can't, oh, I, 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 I love that stuff. I mean, it depends, not all of it, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, but there's, um, there, there are a few artists. There's a guy named Brad Meldow who uh, he does. He does a song called "Waltz for JB." And it's a live version of this song, and it's it moves me. I don't I don't know how to say it. It just it makes me it makes me feel good. Yeah. The way the chords are and the notes, the way the notes connect and in whatever, however they connect with my brain, it makes me go, yeah. Well, if, you're, if you're a piano player, that totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I think a really nice piece of music is Vince. Vince Guaraldi trio, the guy who did the music for Peanuts. Oh yeah, you know the theme for Peanuts, that that piano <laughs> theme right there. <laughs> that stuff is profound. <laughs> that's actually really really crazy. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It, that's not like that's not music one hundred and one. No, no. So yeah, and also I think I think maybe if I being you know really honest with about it, I think maybe Take Five is probably one of the better songs ever written. 
There's yeah. No, no, and there's no, there's no vocals on it, but it's just like it's the feel of that. It's just, yeah, for me, fucking beautiful. That's awesome, man. So, um, okay, so now we have to get into some really Steel Panther themes here. Um, uh, we're talking about music, of course, but who, <laughs> who's who's your favorite porn star and why? Oh man, so. I'm gonna take it back to the. I'm taking it back to the old school. Okay, are you gonna say John Holmes? <laughs> no, but you're not far off. Seika. Huh? Seika. Okay. You I know who that is? No, I don't. Uh, you I gotta probably look know. Okay. You gotta look and and Christy Canyon. Okay. Well, it's good to get some good porn tips. Huge titties. <laughs> and who's your least favorite porn star and why? Well. Might be Ron Jeremy. Okay. Well, he just didn't he just get busted for he, he being... got busted for being creepy. Yeah. Uh, what, and, 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 and if you're a porn star, do you need to be creepy? <laughs> you know, it's I don't know. I just he, he's probably my least favorite porn star because I don't like to watch him work. Yeah. Just not. It's not sexy. He got to famous me. for sucking his own dick, didn't he? He Apparently. did. He did. He uh, must have been to Steel Panther concerts, or you probably met him or something, right? Well, ironically, he didn't uh, suck his own dick at a Steel Panther concert. <laughs> He's too but, old for that. But Alexis Arquette, who, you know, God rest her soul, she sucked her own dick at a Steel Panther show. Okay. <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> Jesus. I am. I, I could not even be more serious if I tried. Uh, Michael Starr pointed her out. He goes, "Look at that chick. She's super hot." And she sauntered up on stage with this black dude, and they're grinding, right? And I don't think he knew she was a guy. Okay. You know, or 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 transsexual. Yeah, yeah. Um, like pre-op transsexual. So this this dude's behind her grinding, and then somehow Michael Starr says, "Dude, that's you know you know she's got a dick." And he, the guy freaked out a little bit. He jumps off stage. Alexis Arquette's up there. And she's like, she's preening and posing and, you know, being sexy and funny and fun. And then Michael Starr says, you know what you need to do? You should show everybody how you could suck your own dick. And he was kidding. <laughs> but oh, she, no. stood up, she stood up in front of my, my kick drum, which was 16 inches deep. And I remember that because I was a very shallow kick drum at the time. <laughs> And she stood to the side uh, with her profile towards me. You know, so I'm looking. She's got a profile to the crowd and me. And she bends down, pulls. She looks up her dress, bends down, and pulls and does it. And everybody's like, stunned silence. <laughs> That's like not often you get silence at a rock show, is it? It it was like it was crazy. It was awesome. It was like it shocked. Everybody, including us, we were just like, "Fuck, that's awesome!" Because cool. it, with your with your lyrics and your your attitude and and your shit talk, I mean, your your hilariously funny shit talk between all the songs, you you that's kind of like you kind of you're inviting this kind of stuff in a way, you know? You, you, well, you, absolutely. I mean, you know, <laughs> who doesn't want to see like when you come to a Steel Panther show and you want to get the maximum, you know. Uh, experience i mean that's it that's that that is something that you will everybody at that show will remember that forever and and, you know you go i'm sure you've been to tons of rock shows right Mm -hmm. 
some of them you remember you know some of them you remember most of them you don't really remember yeah, yeah. because you were there and it was cool but you don't remember anything specific about that show you just remember maybe it was a great show yeah this moment this instance <laughs> is burned into everyone's brain <laughs> well i remember a couple of your guys shows and when one was um in hollywood 2005 you must be were you playing the cat club or were you playing uh the roxy the roxy probably yeah or the viper it was not the viper room i'm sure it so, was the, oh the key club the key club that's where it was yep. it was the key club and i think i forget her name i think rod stewart's ex who was some kind of model she was she was in the in the audience and satchel just started you know telling her in the microphone what he really wanted to do with her and 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 she was just laughing and people people just having a great time with like that would never happen in norway that would never a norwegian band or a european band could never do that shit and get away with it but Dude, you, you guys get away with some incredible stuff <laughs> you know i think i think because we've been doing it for so long that we have somehow been grandfathered into uh this place that um we don't get shit for what we say because i think people just go oh that's just steel panther that's just what they do well you know i mean most people understand that it, that you guys are joking around yeah when when you say you know like yeah when you come to a steel panther show you know you you pretty much know what you're in for and it's like going to an andrew dice clay show you're not going to hear andrew dice clay go up there and go all right okay i want to welcome everybody and uh, you know, it, you're you're in for a fucking experience, and that's what we do. You want to hear shit. You want to hear some shit, and we don't know any other way to do it than the way we do it. So I mean, you guys should be like I mean, the way I see it. This is this is you know it's it's high performance uh, heavy metal music, very well done. But it's also incredibly. I mean, the humor in it is. I, have you guys ever been like nominated for any awards or brought into these like humor? Because I mean, you're kind of alone in what you're doing, but you know, I, I, we have not. Um, well, you should. But, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that, but we are actually. Um, we're working on something that uh, we're working on 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 a movie, a Steel you're, Panther movie. You're kidding me! Not kidding you! Wow. It's, it's gonna go down. I'm excited about it. I don't want to reveal too much. Um, but this but hasn't been. Are, this hasn't been. You guys haven't talked about this public before, have you? Never. We are in the beginning phases of working on a Steel Panther feature film. Excellent. Congrats. That's. I'm. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. You are experiencing. A gong production. I mean, any band that comes up with a lyric with singing, I'm going to a party tomorrow night. <laughs> that, I heard that the first time. I fucking died. That was fucking... Jim, that's beautiful. It's, it's like, dude, well, that came from... That's so funny because... I came from one of our friends. They were at an Iron Maiden show in in at the Forum, and this he, he's they're walking in a group, and and uh, this group of limo this limo with a group of girls drives by. And they're like, "Hey, you guys!" This after the show. What are you guys doing? And one one of our buddies goes, 
I'm going to a party tomorrow night. <laughs> and and all, of the, all of our friends looked at him and going, what is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> so that, that story, that's actually real, dude. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you can't make that up. No, you can't make that up. <laughs> Everybody's like, dude, but, but what about tonight, man? <laughs> so good. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess that's where you take inspiration from is is from real life too many times. Dude, I, I, we take inspiration from everything, man. It's so funny. Oh, um, the uh, back to the seventeen girls lyric. It yeah. just it just crossed my mind. We did that. We did balls out for Universal Records, right? Yeah. And uh, the original lyric in the last verse. Oh fuck! You know what? I'll have to send it to you after. I can't remember, but it had to do with the Catholic Church. Okay. Oh yeah, and they didn't want that. They didn't want that. It was no. something like, fuck, 17 girls at the Catholic Church in the middle of the fucking day. Um, got, uh, dude, I, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay, please do that. It's <laughs> fucked up. And awesome. Wow. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yep. We did it. You did it. So, um... Back to talking about, well, a thing that you guys have been doing a lot, you've been touring all over, all over. And that's, yeah. you know, that, we know how that is. That's a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of traveling, but also a lot of fun. Um, yes. From, and from being behind the, you know, behind the cymbals and the drums and everything, and, and I, and I, you know, that's where I come from as well. You kind of get a different sometimes you get a different vibe from the audience than the guys up front. They're seeing more and they're more in like, you know, the audience when you're behind there, you're a little bit more, you're a little bit closed off. At least that's my feeling of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still notice that, you know, audiences are different from city to city and from country to country. I mean, number one, have you noticed there's a big difference between American audiences and the European ones? Uh Yeah. There's a big difference between America and you and uh, Europe. Um, I think rock and roll is more cultural in Europe. I think I think Europeans grow up with it. I think um, kids or people who have parents that were into rock and roll, it was it was more of a lifestyle. And then out here, it's more of a, a hobby. It feels like more of a hobby hmm. uh, for a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. There's there's career rock fans in the U.S. and there's people that are insanely passionate about it. Um, but when you go to a festival in the middle of Sweden and it's in the fucking forest and people have been camping out for five days in mud to watch bands, that takes a lot of effort. And I just don't know that it's it's part of American culture as much as it is European culture. You know, I see that. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, but there's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's great fans everywhere in the world. You know, Australia, Europe, U.S., South America, and Canada. Canada's crazy. So you know, rock and roll fans. Uh, people ask me sometimes, "Hey, what's your favorite city to play?" And it's hard to say because for us, when people come to a Steel Panther show, and the doors are closed and everybody's in that room together it's kind of always the same insanity, Mm. you know? So like once the doors get closed and the crowd is in there, we're all in like steel Panther land instead of 
a certain city. I can, you know? I, I um when, the last time you guys played in Oslo where I live, um, mm-hmm. I was DJing at the at the on the top of the roof of the Rockefeller line. The Rockefeller, which you've also played before, and Centrum Sana, which which you played last time, is mm-hmm. own, owned by the same people. So they had like the official Steel Panther after party up at up up on the roof in the Rockefeller, and I was DJing there. And I'd say sixty percent of everybody who was there were dressed up in spandex yeah. and wigs and headbands yep. and and you guys must be seeing that more and more and more right we do we see that and you know we see our our audience about 50 50 or 60 40 girls and yeah 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 so you know so you get people who are dressed up you get a mix of guys and girls and it's truly it's like a happening you know it's an event yeah. people get dressed up for and so that's why like it's hard to say because a steel panther fan in australia is a steel panther fan in canada is a steel panther fan in germany like you know it's it's all kind of crazy and and it's hard to tell from when you know outside of the actual visuals of the actual city yeah um itself once you're in a steel panther room uh you're 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 in pantherland and that's amazing because it's it's i mean people don't dress up in the same way because they don't have an ironic <laughs> relationship to uh, you know going to Def Leppard show that's that's serious shit they really that you know they come and yeah. see you and they're having a great time they're enjoying themselves but they can dress up and the, and i get i think the only other fans that i have you can see a similar re- relationship to maybe might be kiss fans absolutely there's i think there's a lot of similarities between us and kiss you know um the fantasy of going and seeing Kiss and watching Gene Simmons be the demon who yeah. spits blood. Like we know that he doesn't really spit blood, but <laughs> yeah. but we're all we're all agreeing that he's the demon for this hour and a half. Yeah. And and I think it's you know, I think it's kind of the same with like uh you know I think Kiss the kiss experience is similar to steel panther i also think that there's an element of you know like wrestling like professional yeah, wrestling yeah yeah where people you know they they let themselves get invested in these these people uh who whose behavior in the ring would be illegal outside yeah you know you know and 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 what they and the the presentation I think you know when when you go to something like that, you just let yourself fucking you let it go and you let yourself have fun with it and have fun in the moment. And if if you can do that and you can let yourself get rocked by killer fucking songs with insane lyrics, then 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 you're a Steel Panther person. Yeah, yeah. And you must see like a lot of strange things traveling around all over the place, and the, the crowds are getting bigger and bigger. And yeah, you're pretty. You guys are pretty big in England, right? Yeah, we're pretty. We're pretty big in England. We, you know, we sell out Brixton Academy every time we go, which is fifty five hundred. And uh, you know, we sell. We sold out Hammersmith, uh, and we sold. We we almost sold out Wembley. We headlined Wembley twice. We we came. We did like ninety uh, wow. two percent, which is basically a sellout. Um, I mean, we we've killed. Uh, we we're pretty. We're not like a. We're not a stadium band, but in certain territories, we're an arena band, but we're a definite big theater band. Certainly. And what about Japan for you guys? You go there, right? 
we've gone there a few times. Japan's a weird one for us because of the language barrier. Yeah. You know, that, that when, when they, when language becomes a factor or the, the, you know, the understanding, cause we don't speak Japanese, uh, when because our show is so interactive and so in between the songs that when that part is hard to to get over and translate you know we've done ozfest in tokyo we've done a little headline run in japan um but um i think we've been there like three or four times and i'd love to go back but uh i will probably end up going back imagine after the covid yeah hope so yeah, me too. Well, I've also experienced people at your shows who are they're 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 more there for the music, and mm-hmm. they're they're not really they're they're not you know it's like we well, wish we wish they wouldn't talk so much in between the songs. And I'm going, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. What, what what are you missing here? You're missing everything. <laughs> every now and then, every now and then we get somebody that's, you know it's like don't talk so much, more music, and it's like. At that point, I would strongly suggest you just go home and listen to the records, <laughs> because our show is it's an experience. You know, it, you're you're it's gonna it's gonna go on this roller coaster, and part of the part of the roller coaster is the talking parts for sure. <laughs> it certainly is, and it, for me, it's just fucking incredibly hilarious. And I no, good. and I hope you you, st- you stick with what's going on. You guys have had to cancel shows, right? Many, in, in, uh, lots of shows all over, all over Europe, Canada. I, we were in Canada on March twelfth. We were we had a show March thirteenth and fourteenth in Vancouver, and we were told to go home on the thirteenth. Okay, uh, so. is there any rescheduled shows for you for next year already? Oh, yeah, there's a shit ton of rescheduled shows. I don't know uh, what they are, but I know everything got pushed to twenty one. Okay, okay, oh, it's a long time till, so you don't have to worry about it now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm I'm really I'm honestly I'm just I'm hoping on a vaccine or some sort of therapeutic where people start feeling more comfortable. But do you, do you get cabin fever? Yeah. Which <laughs> is why you know I go out and play golf and I, I try to get out as much as possible. I try to go run and stay yeah. try to stay fit. I was going to the gym but they closed that back up and yeah. it's pretty brutal. But the golf course are open. Yeah, golf course is open. If there's anything you would like to share with us uh right now this is a good time to do it um i love you <laughs> i love you too um <laughs> uh, no you did I, I would say to anyone listening that made it through this podcast that uh to go to steelpantherrocks.com go buy a ticket to our live stream for august 16th i guarantee you will not be disappointed you'll be super stoked it's a great way to spend two hours we're giving away prizes and we're going to be playing fully live, and uh, it's real time. It's not a pre-record. It's real, and we're going to have a chat feature, so you can be interactive with us. Very and, cool. Uh, yeah. So go to steelpantherrocks.com, and you can get all get you. Can, that's where you buy the ticket. You can watch it on steelpantherrocks.com. All the shit. You must be looking forward to playing again. I'm dying to play. And and where where is it physically? Where are you going to be? We're going to be playing at. We'll be in Oxnard, actually, at DW. Really? Drums. Yeah. Wow. They have a they have a studio there at the Drum Channel, and uh, we we film it in there. Is that where the Drum Channel Drumio? That's not Drumio, but the Drum Channel is is from uh, DW. Yeah, Drum Channel. Wow. Drum Channel Studios. Didn't even know that that was there. It's, it's awesome. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. 
And that's Oxnard. So, How where about is Oxnard? It's California. It's, Oxnard's about twenty minutes from me, so it's real close. It's Up just north? outside LA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I always wanted to go to the DW facilities. It seems Dude, like a cool if place. you get back here, if you get back to LA, let me know. I'll set up a tour for you. You, your head will explode. That'd be great. That'd I'll be go great. with you. That'd be yeah. great. We'll do the podcast. We'll do another podcast from there. Dude, let's, uh, uh, that's not a bullshit. That's easy. I just make a call. They'll take us on a tour. Your 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 head will swivel off. That would be a very cool thing for this podcast. Let me know when. What before we before we quit? I want to hear who are your favorite drummers. John Bonham, Stuart Copeland, Rod Morgenstein. Cool. Hold on. And the guy from uh, um, Simple Minds. Yeah, what's his name again? He was a, he was a very very good drummer. Beast. He's a beast. I forget his he's... name, but I remember I remember see, I remember just like that hearing them and like that drum, that drummer is amazing. He's a, his feel is so good. So yeah. you know Dennis Chambers, you know is ridiculous. Yeah. But you know those are the my my main two dude. If if you could put Stuart Copeland and John Bonham into one drummer, that would be, that'd be the ultimate. But those are my two favorite drummers, Bonham and Copeland. It's always, no. it's been that way since, since I discovered them. The yeah, police, me too. Police... So you got, you got Bonham who's so behind it and you've yeah. got Copeland who's so on top of it. Very busy. And, and yeah. And it's that, it's like both of them play such cool, different shit. Like that's the shit for me. Cause it's so, it's so, um, it was very dynamic, and it's very – with Stuart Copeland, it's actually very melodic. Oh, yeah. If you hear his, oh, his he, ride and his he, hi-hat stuff, he's just doing melodies like crazy he, there. He's like he's like where Terry Bozio got all his shit from. Mm-hmm. And then took it to a whole nother level. But but it's that same musicality. And where Rod Morgenstein, where, where was he playing again? I forget. He was with Winger, and he was with the Dixie <laughs> Dregs. Winger, wow! Dude, if, but if you take away, if you just listen to his playing, yeah, he's a freak. I remember him for like the modern drummer covers. He was, he was there. Listen to some of his Dixie Dreg stuff, okay. and uh, but what he played in the Winger stuff, dude. I mean, I'm not kidding. It, he's he's amazing. Okay, I never really listened to Winger, so that's probably why I don't know his drumming so well. Check out. Just listen to some of the. Uh, like rainbow in the rose listen to that song drum wise okay okay it'll freak you out it's it's great yeah sticks thank you so much man i really appreciate this dude i wish we could have talked more drums but we were we were talking about chicks and that that usually happens so (laughs) i really enjoyed it thank you dude thank you man and uh we'll stay in touch and uh, i'll come over and do the podcast as soon as it's possible to come over there and we'll go to the dw uh facilities you let me know dude for real i'd love to go with you Awesome. Good luck on August 16th, and we're looking forward to hearing more from Steel Panther. Thanks, brother. Let's stay in touch. Thank you, man. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.